and it was easy to ignore those slight blemishes on an otherwise perfect complexion. His eyes were what you noticed most. Or was it his smile? His hair? The way it hung over his forehead and spiked at the crown? And here he was screaming abuse at me in public along Oxford Street, Sydney's gay golden mile. You're so fucking tragic, he screamed, as a few guys passed by smirking, probably mentally calculating the difference in our ages. It's only twelve years, I felt like screaming. He's twenty, and I'm thirty-two, and marking me down as a premature sugar daddy. You don't have an original thought in your fucking head. Everything you say is vomited up from opinion pieces and what passes for quality journalism in this city. It's all shit. Your shit. And to emphasize his point, he threw his arms out to encompass the street on which we were currently the top entertainment. And all this is just commercial bullshit milking the gay proletariat's dollar. A few people stopped to applaud, and if I hadn't been on the receiving end, I might have applauded as well. But he had the wrong man. He hadn't taken the time to find out who I was. I had marched in gay rights demos in which the police had beaten up protesters. I'd been outside homophobic companies and church dioceses when men had been fired for their sexual predilection. But of course, Andrew didn't know that. We'd only met half an hour earlier. We'd taken an instant dislike to each other. Go home, Granddad, Andrew said, his energy finally draining out of him. Your time is gone. Let us take over now. It's all yours, and you're welcome to it. I bellowed back as I slunk away, leaving half a dozen predators hovering in hopes of picking over the remains of our short-lived friendship. Ah, the fickle nature of gay life, and the fickle transience of beauty. I wasn't ugly, I just wasn't young and beautiful anymore. Back home, I slammed the front door in frustration. You're home early. Nathan said, and got up to give me a hug as comforting as only a long-term boyfriend can bestow. Opinionated little prick. I spat it out and felt better for it. Didn't go well then? Thinks he knows everything. Has an opinion, no matter how half-assed it is, on anything I bring up. Oh, sure. There's an inquiring mind in the back of that pretty little head of his. You didn't say anything about his pretty little head, did you? I might have. And you didn't make the mistake of telling him how young he is? Um, well. And just exactly how did you take it when people said the same things to you back when you were his age? Nathan asked. Nathan always did have a way of putting things in perspective. It was two or three weeks later when Andrew and I met again. It wasn't planned. Our house was always open for friendly drop-ins because we were so close to the center of the gay metropolis, to people passing on their way to parties, to the bars, on their way home. Nathan and I had just finished dinner with two close friends when another, Tony, and his entourage turned up at the door. And who should be among that entourage but Andrew? I smelled a rat, and I suspected Tony was attempting to precipitate another conflagration between the two of us having heard the gory details from the Bush Telegraph that swept Oxford Street. There was a buzz to the ad hoc gathering, about ten people in all, not least because of the buzz of exploitative interest in Andrew. He was instantly the focus of the crowd's attention. Everyone in the room was subtly, and not so subtly, attempting to impress him. There would be heartbreak tonight. One of Andrew's friends had staked to claim, and was hovering possessively at his side while others circled flirtatiously. 
I was never a fan of blood sports, so I left the room to replenish wines and make coffees and teas. Soon enough, I was chuckling as I heard voices raised and laughs shrieking more volubly than usual and people's words tumbling over one another, all in an effort to dazzle Andrew. From my vantage point a room away, it sounded shallow and futile. Can you do anything? The question took me by surprise, and I only realized when I looked up that the voices in the living room had subsided. That was because Andrew was in the kitchen speaking to me, quite civilly as it turned out. What's the problem? I said. They all want to fuck me, he said. My, aren't we the modest one? I couldn't stop myself from a little payback. I should have known, he said as he turned to walk away. I'm sorry, I said, and I was. I know they are. I could hear it from here.